0: Welcome to Mattathias Reads the World, a crappy fam- podcast family podcast inspired by James's crappy podcast. We are here today for the second episode of the series Mattathias Reads the Lit Blitz, um, where I will be interviewing my friend, um, the Lit Blitz finalist Selena Forsyth, um, author of the poem, the first poem in the Lit Blitz this year. Resurrection by Easter 2020. Um, I am so excited to be able to introduce you to Selena and to talk with her a little bit about her work um, and her process. Um, So hello, Selena.
1: Hi, Mattathias.
0: How are you doing?
1: Doing really well.
0: All right. So tell us just a little bit about yourself um, before we jump in to the poem and those things. Who are you what are you up to right now in in life
1: um so right now my family and i just moved to st louis missouri so that i could start a phd program in social work uh i have uh, i got my master's in social work from brigham young university and then have been uh, practicing and teaching research classes in the social work field for a little bit so that um uh, social work is something that occupies a lot of my thoughts, um, and particularly I see um, a lot of the world uh, through the lens of looking at um, the populations that social work as a field tries to serve, which is the vulnerable, the oppressed, and those living in poverty, um, and, and that, that colors a lot of uh, my writing at the moment, moment as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I I have had the good fortune of being a close friend to Selena and her husband, Jared, for several years now. And for a long time, I think it was about six years ago that I was having a conversation with them. And I said, you know, out of all of our friends, Selena, I think you're the one who is the most likely to uh, fundamentally transform the world during our lifetimes. (laughs) Um, I still hold that's true, but now it's a question for me. It's a toss-up of whether her academic work or her poetry will have the larger lasting impact. <laughs> and I am so excited to introduce you today to her and her poem. Um, so without further ado, Selena, if you would read for us your Lit Blitz finalist piece, Resurrection Kay. by Easter 2020. Okay. Resurrection by Easter 2020.
1: Our God has slept, though somewhat fitfully. For a few days, maybe weeks. How we long for the promised return, preferably stronger than before. But resurrections, we have learned, require a sacrifice. This time it is not heart nor spirit our God demands. We have already given these, but lungs, perhaps a million, perhaps two. The lungs of the aged, the hungry, the sick the imprisoned, all probably strangers, and those who dare to care for them. Though our God cannot offer itself for us, as we have heard some gods do, it wins our devotion with this exalted vision, a Zion society in which every man prospers according to his genius, and every man conquers according to his strength. But if the lungs that mammon requires End up being yours or mine instead of our distant brothers. We were never his keeper anyway. Will we still say, All is well in Zion because Zion prospereth?
0: Wow. Yeah. So for any of you who are encountering this poem for the very first time. I just want you to remember you heard it here first. <laughs> Give me the credit for introducing you to the work of Selena Forsyth. Believe me, you're going to appreciate this for a long time. Um Yeah. Wow. Um so I want you to before But we get into, I had some questions prepared, but before I get to those, I want to talk a little bit about some of the images you use in this poem. Um, Okay. Right, you're responding to very current events. If anyone is listening to this, um, you know, generations from now, they've found this podcast episode on some, like, burned out hard drive somewhere, Um, (laughs) they're wondering how the United States absolutely fell apart. And they've you, you're now listening to this podcast episode. Just know that in um, late February and early March 2020, it became absolutely clear that we had kind of been sleeping on a global pandemic um, that was a serious major health threat. And um, basically the first response to the suggestion that we actually take Precautionary measures in order to um, address this looming health risk was, oh no, what will taking those measures do to the economy? Um, Right. And Selena approached this in this poem um, using absolutely searing images um, from... From my faith's holy books. Um I the the, there's an absolutely chilling moment for me every time I hear this poem or read this poem when you come to the bit where you say, you know, we've already given our hearts and minds for the dream of a Zion society in which every man prospers according to his genius. Um and according to his strength. Um And that juxtaposition of the image of Zion, right, the like pinnacle society that we believe in striving for with the words of the Book of Mormon's most sinister Antichrist. Right. Is so, so indicting of where we're at now and who we who we've let ourselves become as a nation. So how did how did that occur to you? Right. When did those two images slot together in your head to let you write that, that yeah. line?
1: It was really interesting. Um, so so the, I, I'm glad you gave some of the background of this historical moment because it's interesting and it, in order to understand the poem, you do need that background. Um, and I can imagine with any... Distance of time between our moment and uh, and when a reader might be reading this that that might be lost. But even even right now, sometimes for, for some people, it's it's hard to understand that context. And so um, the way that this these images came to mind for me to come together into this poem uh, was specifically um, thinking about Easter, um, and it was in in March in the lead up to Easter. Um, and, uh, our president had, uh, we were, we were, uh, in a period of, of social distancing and quarantine and lo- lots of lockdowns everywhere. Um, and our president had yeah. Which announced were the safe... that he would like, yeah, what?
0: that, that was, um, I mean, the it... safe thing to do in terms of public health. Um, and to some degrees remains right. yes. the safe thing to do in terms of public health. Right. So. Yes.
1: And so we were we were taking measures as a country um, to diminish some of the, uh, the casualties that would come from this pandemic. Um, and specifically, the president had said he would like to see uh, things open by Easter. Mm. Uh, and so that was that was what got me thinking about Easter and thinking about the imagery of Easter and thinking about the imagery of resurrection. And the imagery of Christ, and um, and thinking about if if we want we want things to come back by Easter, we want everything to be open by Easter. We want essentially um, the stock market, which had been yeah. rocky, to yeah. also uh, have have a surge to come back by Easter, yeah. to have its own resurrection of sorts. Yeah, um, and so and so that's what that this first stanza is about, um, kind of. Our God has slept. Like maybe yeah. it's not dead. It's a little fitful. Maybe it's been days. Maybe it's been weeks. This is yeah. very much in this time period of it's just been a, a few weeks of a rocky economy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and we really want yeah. this to come back. And so the the poem yeah. is developing who is our God? Yeah. Um,
0: we who, who we have we this
1: image of sacrifice and resurrection um, from uh, in, in a holy sense within Christianity, uh, thinking about Easter and thinking about Easter during this time. Um, and, uh, and, and this, this poem is really trying to ask us, um, are we going to choose the God who can give itself, give himself for us or, or really are we showing by our priorities that, uh, we have chosen the God of the American economy? Um and th- unfortunately, the god of the the American economy will require us to perform sacrifices that um, are currently taking this particular form. Um, yeah. The coronavirus pandemic is is a lung disease, and so yeah. thus the imagery about the lungs um, yeah. and but but you see you yeah. see various scriptures throughout this poem that are drawing on this this uh, this imagery of um, yeah uh, lots of lots of different things so um, so yeah so all of that uh, and then but but Mattathias, you you mentioned that line mm-hmm. specifically and it is also um, when I think about this poem. Uh, the most powerful line to me, as well is thinking about a Zion society in which every man prospers according to his genius and every man conquers according to his strength um, and I think that's um, that was not something that I expected to write in huh. from when I started the poem. Yeah. I started the poem very much with the Easter and resurrection mm-hmm. imagery, yeah. Um, yeah. but then coming to that, I realized this is this is what is happening is um, this the the notion that Korahor in yeah. the Book of Mormon, this Antichrist in the Book of Mormon, um, preaches yeah. about uh, the way that society should work, um, yeah. is in fact what people think the way that in our current society people think society should work, and even even more than that, um, we think it's good. We the celebrate. Way they think it, it does. Yeah. Yes, they people think it is good and the way it should be, and also think that that is the way it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Currently, yeah. that that yeah. it's every individual for themselves. Uh, the people who are strong rise to the top. Um,
0: yeah. And it's the strong ones and smart uh, ones. This meritocracy narrative, right? That you right. can you can get there, right? If you haven't gotten there, it's because you weren't strong or smart, right? You right. must not deserve right. it. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, And, and, and we believe that that is a good, um, where, and, and I, I look at this and I, uh, this was actually writing this poem was, was sort of a, a pivotal moment for me of coming to realize, uh, some of the value of my own faith tradition in ways that I hadn't fully recognized before in giving me language to talk about what i see in the world yeah um and and uh i i felt very empowered after writing this poem to Mm -hmm. to use that that native language that i have inherited from my faith tradition in lds church i'm sorry Uh, i don't know my yeah phone just rang i don't know if you could hear it I, I didn't um, <laughs> um oh. okay <laughs> sorry that distracted me for a second but um but yeah th- so um so this is this is where i came to discover that wow here is such richness and depth in scriptural imagery mm-hmm. that i can use um to describe and possibly influence yeah the things that i am seeing in my world
0: yep yeah, and yeah, it's, it is so powerful. Um. Yeah, yeah, and there, but yeah, that, that moment for me, because there, you know, I've thought sometimes, you know, how, how do we capture what, what is the, the problem with the, the story of the American dream? Because everyone's like, look, it, it's a dream, it's a good thing, right? The American dream right. is great. And I'm like, then why is it a nightmare for so many people? Um, <laughs> right. If it's such a good dream. But I I didn't have words for exactly what the problem was with it as a dream. Until you showed right. me that it's Korahor's dream. Right? Yeah. That we've been entranced by the, like, very, in fact, compelling, Right. We're told in the Book of Mormon, this guy's words were really compelling for a lot of people, right. and they remain compelling right. for us, right?
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is this is in fact the Zion yeah. we are trying to build, yeah. Um, which yeah is not the Zion of of Christ, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah. And it is it is not yeah. the Zion of no poor among them it is the zion of uh everyone according to their own efforts um and strength and um uh yeah potentially has you know we we want to believe people have a chance to succeed but um, um but not necessarily that we succeed together
0: yeah yeah i just thought like one way you could phrase it is you know we have an inversion of marx's principle where marx says at one point uh from each according to his abilities to each according to his need right right and some people you know people argue about whether this in and of itself is a good encapsulation although they tend to argue more over whether like this is something that actually can be implemented right um but it's interesting to realize that, like, our society does seem to function on sort of a from each according to his need to each according to the what we assume about his abilities.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. Right.
0: Um, yep. Yeah. Right. Um, but we, you know, yeah. But I, I want to thank you for the way you employed those images and for the way you gave me my scriptures and my god um, and reminded me like what god i'm supposed to worship right right (laughs) when it's so easy to worship this other god that's all around us um all around us all the time
1: yeah and and i i think um i How do I say this? I, I don't want the 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 poem to come across as too condemnatory mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. I, some sort of in the first uh, stanza and I, it sort of trying to to express that there's there's confusion about yeah. who like yeah. who is who is the God that yeah. we are worshipping? Yeah. Um, sometimes we're we're not sure and it, yeah. sometimes it is yeah. hard to keep track and yeah. and I don't want to yeah. you know because this this poem is extremely strongly worded yeah. um I don't want that to be uh, off-putting um to say oh I'm you know I'm trying to yeah. call out for example anyone who is concerned about the economy in yeah. in this very difficult yeah. time um yeah. that's that's not the message here because because I uh, hopefully hopefully it can be read with some amount of compassion toward, yeah. toward the reader that that yeah. things are confusing and yeah. um, we we need to we certainly need to reexamine our actions and our motives and, and what we are trying to strive for um, but but certainly I, yeah. I am not trying to uh, call anyone yeah. evil or, or yeah. something like that yeah. with this uh, in in recognizing the confusion that our society uh, has gotten ourselves into and, and that it bestows upon us, right? Like we, um, we're conditioned in the society that we're in um, to pursue the things that we are conditioned to pursue. So I, I'm not trying to lay blame on individuals here.
0: Yeah. And the burden of responsibility is shared, right? This is not, this is not an individual error. This is a national and international communal, um error um, exactly exactly, yeah, but that's just so easy <laughs> um right, yeah, yeah um so again thank you thank you for that poem. I do want to ask a few questions now about um about you as a poet um so question number one is um so as. You are a first-time Lit Blitz finalist um, this year. You're part of the Lit Blitz's freshman class, so to speak. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey as a poet. How long have you been writing poems? And how did you come to write poems? <laughs>
1: So this this was in fact my very first yeah um, this this poem itself was my very first uh, attempt at poetry beyond you know a, an assignment for a middle school English class um, it really um, came together for me thinking about the imagery that I mentioned uh, in this very. Uh, difficult, tumultuous time in our country. Um, I, it just, the, the images called out to me so strongly that I thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write this down. <laughs> um, and uh, the only background I really had in poetry before that uh, was reading a couple of LDS poets, um, specifically, J- I've read a lot of uh, the stuff that James Goldberg uh, has written another friend of 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 the podcast Uh, i will note for
0: listeners james goldberg who was on the last episode in case you want to listen to his wonderful voice so anyway back to you sorry just doing my promotional duties as a podcast host
1: no that's fine um his his work especially has been yeah yes yeah um his work especially has been very influential in the way that i've thought about my faith. Um, in the way that I've thought about um, my the relationship between a faith journey and literature or art, or and the ways that um, literature can be used to both express and enhance uh, a person's faith journey, um, and um, so so really, I, I I don't imagine I would have written poems (laughs) maybe ever or but but specifically this kind of poem uh reflecting my faith had i not also been reading um james goldberg stuff um and so but so thinking about that and thinking about some of those poems that have been very impactful for me um, gave me the background to start thinking oh well maybe i could maybe i could write a poem and then and then these images Uh, just sort of came out of some conversations that I had been having and uh, out of the current events I was experiencing Um, and I sat down one morning and uh, decided to put these images together on a page uh, and wrote this poem.
0: (laughs) Yeah that you know to anyone who is listening and considering possibly writing poems someday who feels discouraged. Um, or if you've written a couple of poems and you're feeling discouraged by comparison, um, you know, Selena's ridiculously strong freshman effort um is not an indictment of the rest of us. Um, I also write poetry occasionally, <laughs> although it is, you know, mostly not published. Um my freshman effort was not not that strong. Um there there's lots of good purpose to writing poetry besides being as at it as selena um, so but yeah you and uh, so you you've kept yeah, writing poetry I, I, as well
1: I, I should also say i have written
0: sorry i i lost you i think
1: yeah um, so i i have written several poems since this one mm-hmm. um oh am i is it You're back? back. You're back. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and this. Uh, okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so this this poem that I wrote first also happens to be the poem that I think is the strongest, and uh, um, the other ones that that I've written since, you know. Um, Things are up and down, and I am very new at this. So, so hopefully I'll, you know, I'll write some, <laughs> some more things that I like. Um, but, uh, but yeah. But uh, this is not to say, oh yeah, it's just come super easily and then, um, you know, whatever. But it's, uh, it's, I'm still on a, a very, very early in my journey in poetry and having um, a variety of. Mixed experiences. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I've been impressed with the the other poems you've shared with me so far, um, so I think you're doing pretty pretty solidly um, as a fledgling poet. Um, and look forward to hearing more. <laughs> well, look definitely look forward to hearing more um, on the strength of your work thus far. Um, so please please for our sake keep writing poems. Um, now um are there <laughs> well, bes- besides the the excellent james goldberg um friend of the podcast inspirer of the podcast even um the founder of the original crappy podcast um, are there other poets right. or sources of poetry and inspiration that you've been turning to as you have been at this fledgling step in your artistic journey
1: Yeah, so um, in as as much as the poems that I have written thus far are this project of using my native religious language to uh, express what I see in the world and and envision what I want for the world, um, certainly James Goldberg, but also um, I have... uh, read of all just one volume of poetry by Mary Jane Rice, but there's a, there's a few poems in there that, that have connected deeply with me and, um, uh, and connect very much to my experience. Um, those have been helpful. Uh, and that then collection, I, uh,
0: for reference again, for listeners, very messages on the water is Mary Jane Rice's collection. Um, so far her only published yes. book we're waiting for more. Yes. That's Mary Jane, if you're listening to this, please, please give us another book soon. We're excited for it. Um, sorry, back to you, Selena.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, and then also I've, I have just um, just barely started looking for other. Uh, Sources of poetry, I do listen to a a poetry podcast um, called uh, Poetry Unbound, which is, um, I I think, a subset of On Being with Krista Tippett's. Um, So um, that's pretty much that's that's all I've really engaged with thus far.
0: All right. Um, Well, we're excited to see what you come up with. Um, You definitely are pulling from rich ground and doing so strongly. Um, One question I wanted to ask as well is, as you mentioned in your intro at the beginning, um, you're professionally in the field of social work, um, currently pursuing a PhD and you have past experience in a social work field, both um, on issues of social change and um, working in mental health counseling scenarios. And so with that specific background, how do you think art in general and the art that you're exploring um, relates to both of those realms, right? To what influence can art have therapeutically for mental health and what influence can art have for social transformation um, and social social work?
1: Yeah, so starting with the, the mental health piece um again as as someone who is only recently starting to uh to write but even even more than that really to to uh to read or engage with poetry um i can't say that i have long standing experience with how um how this plays out personally mm-hmm. um but um from from what what i am seeing thus far um, I think, uh, one thing that is, is a pillar of, of good mental health is having strong connections, um, connections to other people, um, connections and, uh, 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 with parts of yourself as, as you know, uh, an, an integrated, um, person, I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain yeah. that well, but, yeah. um, uh, and and I think um, poetry, at least for me thus far, has been an excellent way to develop those connections. So both in the expression of uh, writing it as as an experiment in uh, discovering what I believe, mm-hmm. um, and 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 connecting with uh, my own. Belief structure connecting my belief structure with what I see in the world and just and and making those connections internally Um, it has been really helpful for that and really liberating to be able to find my own voice to say this This is what I believe independent Mm -hmm. of um of it of outside influences Mm um yeah uh and then the other part of that too is um I think it has a lot of power to connect people Mm -hmm. um, to uh, connect individuals uh, and communities uh, who are speaking the same or a similar language. So I Mm -hmm. I mentioned um, my native religious language and and, uh, for me, it has been a new thing since I have started writing poetry to feel like, oh, I connect to this community in a way that I hadn't realized before, which is we share this language of symbols and stories mm-hmm. um, with these scriptural references um, and with these things that uh, we share in common and uh, values that we're called to think about, but also uh, references that that we might uniquely understand. Um, and so that, that connects me to my community in a way that I had not experienced before. Um, and then, and of course, then sharing poetry with other individuals that we can then talk about, um, it leads us to conversations about things that we value on a deeply personal level um, and things that we want to work towards seeing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, those are valuable Relationship connections when when you talk about those things that are important to you. Um, so that's that's the way that I see poetry playing out in in my own mental health. I guess yeah. you could say yeah. uh, in in all of those different aspects.
0: Yeah, yeah, and in in developing this communal health, right of connections. Yes. Um, that is is so 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 vital.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, and 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 I don't I don't think you can have real mental health without communal health
0: amen amen um which which in a sense is is part of what you're you're saying here in the poem to begin with um to say you know we can't we can't make a decision to sacrifice someone else's life for our well-being and really expect to still have well-being um, but I do, I do think coming at it through this shared religious language, um, also maybe makes it approachable to someone, um, in a different way and lets them kind of pause and consider it in a different way, um, than in our, you know, normal, hyper-polarized Facebook shouting matches, perhaps. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, what, what kind of impacts have you had? I know you've been sharing some of your poetry, um, you know, with different people on social media and in different contexts. Um, what's been your experience in sharing these kind of open and vulnerable parts of yourself and your way of relating to the world in this very um, scriptural language? Um, How, how have other people responded to those?
1: That is an interesting question (laughs) Um, because it is, um, I have shared it mostly, mostly with people who I, I already know well. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I know where they are. They know where I am uh, Mm -hmm. when we're coming to this poem. Um, And, and those, interactions have been very positive and it, uh, it becomes a way to talk about things. Um, when I've shared it more widely, it is, it is very much an experience of anxiety and fear for me (laughs) Uh, because, because I worry that it would be misread. Um, I, I do, uh, uh, I never want to come across as, Mm -hmm. um, as singling people out as, as bad or, Mm -hmm. um, or something like that, and I yeah. I um, have had this this anxious experience of thinking, oh, well, will someone think um, that I'm calling out everyone who's concerned about an economic downturn yeah. um, by writing this poem? Which which again, uh, I said this before, yeah. but that, that is that's not my intent. You're you're, um, in, and, you're and, and calling
0: I, out everyone who's in a society. That's built on this kind of economic boom and bust cycle.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yep. So. Yes.
0: And that is. Yeah. And that's I think a, another, that's yeah. the reading of it. Um, and I think another, you know, you, you are a truly wonderful person, Selena. And um, <laughs> I've been impressed by your empathy in many different situations that we've been in um, over the past years of conversations and one of the things that has always stood out to me is your your real desire for people to know um that you care about them and validate them and that you you one of the anxieties that you expressed to me when you were first sharing this poem was I really 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 don't want anyone to feel like I'm belittling their genuine fears and concerns about right. their future um, and Obviously, from the kind of experience we see on social media, that's not a level of concern most people in our discourse have about thinking about other people's safety and comfort um, as they communicate with each other, Um, which is sad, but I'm, I'm grateful for that care that you bring to your words and to the impact of your words. Um, thank you and I, I dare say that 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 level of concern is part of what makes you so dang good at this <laughs> um, because you're familiar with choosing words carefully in order to try and really reach out to someone and forge a connection and so in poetry you're really able to dig deep find strong images in order to pull and really right your poems are these trying to reach across a gap um, to bridge, to reach out and communicate and come together, right? Um, And I do see your poems thus far as Zion building poems. Clearly that's your intent. Yes. Um, Yep. And, you know, often there is a gap between intention and execution. And I want to say, I think for your, it's a fairly narrow gap. (laughs)
1: Um, well thank you i am yeah as you say all this i'm i'm thinking about uh how much skill i would still like to build in the area of using words to create to reach across gaps um and i Uh i I think this is clearly something we could all stand to build more skill in yeah Uh, but this is a this is an area that i Uh, I look forward to using poetry to continue to build that skill and hopefully do more of that.
0: Amen. Um, On that subject of connection, I'm interested one of the things that James said when he came on to talk about kind of the history of the Lit Blitz as a contest is one of the most enjoyable experiences for him has been to see the community of Lit Blitz readers and writers that has developed over time, um, and you're 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 a new member of that community, um, right? So, what um, are there any other pieces that stood out to you as you looked at the lit blitz this year, um, or other writers? You you've already mentioned Mary Jane, who you've read before, um,
1: right?
0: More extensively, but were there any pieces? from this year's Lit Blitz that really, as you were looking through, um, stood out to you that you would like to commend to our listeners?
1: (laughs) I'm pausing so long because I, um, well, I'll say... um, One, one that I really loved, uh, was, was Madison Beckstrand's Part Heaven. Um, that was, that was such a great poem. Um, but I, I know that Matthias doesn't want to be spotlighted on his own podcast, but I, I I will just, I have to say. I'm sorry.
0: I, I, (laughs) I, I pushed myself into that corner here. I'm
1: sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, but, uh, but, and, 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 and we've talked before about how I, um, yeah, how you didn't want to be spotlighted here, but but I I just I can't uh, I yeah. can't answer that question yeah. without mentioning the um the final report entry um really well, was you. was excellent for me in 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 teaching me a lot of things and making me think in new ways. So um yeah, anyway. <laughs> thank
0: you. For the for the record, I was not fishing for compliments, but I did <laughs> did unfortunately stumble myself into one. <laughs> right. um right but thank you very much um yeah so um, yeah. And, I, yeah there
1: were, there were lots yeah. of excellent entries um those are just the the ones that come to mind immediately yeah um as being yeah Yep. um powerful for for me when i read them
0: yeah and maddie beckstrand's piece um for anyone who hasn't read it yet um part heaven Go look for it, lit.mormonartist.net. It was the winner of this year's Judges' Choice Award um, and also placed um, in the audience voting, um, I think second or third, which, again, this is also Maddie Beckstrand's freshman year in the Lit Blitz. She is a first-time finalist, so incredibly, incredibly strong um, entry. Um, into this particular world of Mormon literature with a really, really beautiful, powerful poem. Um, yep. Please take some time for that. And I'm hoping to have Maddie join us later on the show. So look forward, um, my friends, to a future episode um, on that piece where you can hear it um, read by the poet herself. So um, working out scheduling for that one. Um yeah, yeah this was a good year this was a good year for the blitz um so thank you very much for um joining me here today um and for sharing some of your thoughts with us um and to finish off the episode, if you would um again, just I love your poem so much, and I think it's really a poem that um deserves um coming back to and that also deserves taking some time to kind of sit and let it sink in um afterwards and you know i didn't really give that time earlier because i wanted to jump into questions um in our discussion here today but to to finish off the episode if you would again read us your poem um just to close us out here that would be so wonderful
1: okay of course Resurrection by Easter, 2020. 2020. Our God has slept, though somewhat fitfully, for a few days, maybe weeks. How we long for the promised return, preferably stronger than before. But resurrections, we have learned, require a sacrifice. This time it is not heart nor spirit our God demands. We have already given these, but lungs. Perhaps a million, perhaps two. The lungs of the aged, the hungry, the sick, the imprisoned, all probably strangers and those who dare to care for them. Though our God cannot offer itself for us as we have heard some gods do, it wins our devotion with this exalted vision. A Zion society in which every man prospers according to his genius, and every man conquers according to his strength. But if the lungs that Mammon requires end up being yours or mine instead of our distant brothers, we were never his keeper anyway. Will we still say, all is well in Zion, because Zion prospereth?